Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And I'm Eric. And this episode 288, yet another installment of Your Urban Legends. Now, Amanda, before we get into the urban legends that our listeners sent us, I have a tale. Oh, boy. Oh? Is this a first-person perspective? It is. Now, you you know the story because I, I posted about it in the Slack, but recently Jake and I purchased a home. Yay, very excited. Required a lot of work because it was the same owners probably for the past 60 years. And we have been kind of cleaning things out. We have taken down the horrifying wallpaper that was in our master bedroom with flamingo pink ceilings. And it has just been like an interesting experience kind of going through someone else's home that they lived in for so long and trying to turn it into your home and kind of like change the energy of it, you know? Now, Julia, what was your impression of the energy when you first walked into the house? Uh, I was like, wow, this is a disco house. Because it was very <laughs> disco 70s. Disco house. In. Disco house. And like, you know, the energy was fine. It was a little like confused, I think, is a good word to describe it. Hmm. Uh, we've recently learned also that the house probably like fucks. Like these people might have been swingers. We're not entirely sure. Did find a uh, box of used condoms in the wall when we took down part of the wall. Uh, that's another story for another time. Horrifying. Uh, let's make it a story for this time, maybe. Well, it's also, it's a story for the patrons. So if you are oh, a yes, patron, true. you enjoyed that at the end of uh, of last month's bonus Urban Legends app. That is true. We did talk about that then. So yeah. patreon.com slash spirits podcast. If you are so interested, I was going to say horny for it, but that's not what I'm going to say. Oh, no, but you should. I certainly didn't think about it or say it. And now nobody's thinking about it either. You should join and listen to the story. That's a great episode because it starts with me and Julia in in a very real and serious fight. Heated debate. You're right. Yeah. I frankly felt like I was moderating a contentious, you know, sort of family dispute. It's also one of those where we did a one big chunky story for the whole episode, which I think are some of our best ones. Me too. So besides the the condoms in the walls and uh, how my house fucks, <laughs> we did go into the attic and we found like several things that they had just left in the attic. Uh, an old like antique pair of skis, a broken in half surfboard. Both of those have great options for decor. Like, yes. love it. You could pay pretty penny for that in a thrift shop. That's true. That's true. Weird thing to put back in an attic. Yeah. Yeah. After you break the surfboard, ugh, it's frustrating. I guess it must have been broken in situ. Otherwise, mm. I would have a lot of questions. Mm. But most importantly, what we found in the attic was what Jake described to me because I wasn't up in the attic at the time because it was a crawl space attic. He goes, oh, I found a, a chest or a trunk up here. I was like, oh, he's like, well, it's locked. I'm like, oh, well, what's in it? He's like, well, it feels like nothing. And I'm like, yeah, Jake, because ghosts don't weigh anything. <laughs> and so we kind of like went back and forth. Should we open this? Should we not open this? Eventually, Jake brought it down from the attic so I could look at it and, you know, kind of decide what we were going to do with it. And I decided, well, you know, I haven't been haunted yet, I don't think. So now's a good a time as any. Yes. And so yes. we took the trunk outside. Just in case. You didn't want the ghosts to get stuck in the house. That way they're they're free into the open air. Exactly. If we open it, the ghost floats up. That's how ghosts work. So we bring it out. It's like this like metal trunk. Like you, got, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like yes. one of those like yes. old storage yeah. trunks. The lock on it 
very thick. It's like made of like brass or something. So it was very hard to cut through. Jake tried to do it with a like handheld saw first. Didn't work. Broke out the sawzall. Finally got through on that. Big reveal. Jake opens it up. There's nothing inside. I'm like, ghosts! And Jake goes, there goes the ghost soul. And then we (laughs) put it back at our house because whatever we put in there was released into the ether and probably not in our home. We haven't experienced any haunting situations yet, but it's also been like two days. So who knows? Who knows? Keep us posted. Now it's in our uh, our creepy basement instead of our creepy attic. So if anything happens, I will let you know. Well, it sounds like a perfect time to hear about hauntings and potentially not hauntings from some of our listeners. Who wants to start? For lack of talking more, I do have a great story to start us out for. Excellent. Yeah. Julia, this whole podcast was an excuse for us to talk more. So here we are. Thank you. So this one is from Danny and they wrote perhaps the best subject line for me personally as a human being. And so I had to pick it. And this was, Mamma Mia, that's a spooky meatball. In parentheses, why pasta places are haunted, probably. I mean, this is perhaps the oldest question of humanity, question mark, but certainly of this podcast. The oldest question of humanity is how many angels can fit on the head of a pin. (laughs) Eric, what do you mean? Ancient humans weren't lying on their backs on the savanna or the jungle or tundra, wherever they were, and and wondering, one, what is pasta? (laughs) Two, why why are those places so haunted? (laughs) What is wheat? How do we make food out of it? How do we press that and turn it into pasta? Can we, like, cultivate them, maybe? As we know, the first first humans were (laughs) 15th century Italian. <laughs> it's true. Julia is scrubbing her hands over her face like this episode has already taken a turn for the worse. Oh, you know, it's going to be a good episode when we go to our tried and true situation of is pasta haunted or not. Yep, exactly. You know that we either have a really good story for you or we've run out of other things to tell you about <laughs> if we're going back to pasta. We've never run out of stuff. This is a good one. And Danny is writing in because they are slowly catching up on the podcast. And they write, I just finished episode 80, which I think was Urban Legends 10. Anyway, you said something to the effect of why are all spaghetti places haunted in reference to the various haunted spaghetti warehouses, factories, etc. As an Italian, like lasagna, the main course of our Thanksgiving dinner Italian, I gotta say, we just really like to haunt, which is true. (laughs) I grew up in central Jersey on the shore of course, and my grandma is from New York City. It doesn't get more Italian-American than that, you know? We came over from Sicily in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and literally every house in my extended family is haunted to some degree. Most of my family is very Catholic, and anyway, we're not really supposed to talk about the ghosts, but every once in a while we do. My favorite ghost story, which I do want to preface by saying it was before I was born, so I didn't personally witness this, but it was a few months after my nan passed away, which was my great-grandma. Apparently, my mom had said something not so nice about her, and a ceramic cookie jar lid flew off the shelf, missing her head by inches and shattering against the wall behind her. I love it. The cookie jar itself was still on the shelf and totally fine, so everyone swore that it had to be Nan's ghost. We never kept cookie jars in the house after that, which very much sounds (laughs) like something you'd tell a kid to explain why we don't have a constant supply of cookies in the house like families on TV. But I asked my mom about it again as an adult and after some persuasion got her to discuss it. After all, she was stuck to the story. I love the idea of a great grandma being like, just because I'm dead doesn't mean you can disrespect me. You're not allowed to talk shit to me just because I died. God damn it. Yeah. Also, like a ceramic cookie jar is like a staple of a grandmother's house. So like 
Totally. Definitely makes sense that that would be involved somehow. So Danny continues, I actually grew up in that house. My nan left it to my grandma and my mom, my siblings, my aunt, my uncle, my cousins, and I all lived there with my grandma until I was in high school. And it was definitely haunted, like shadows in the corner of your eye that take a little too long to disappear when you look straight at them and things disappearing or getting moved around a lot. But everyone swears they didn't touch it. Sometimes you would hear a noise from another room, like two people arguing in a whisper, which I assume was Nan and my great-grandpa, although he was actually Irish but got disowned for marrying my Nan in the 40s, so like <laughs> honorary Italian. Class, a tale as old as time, truly. Tale as old as time. I've never heard a tri-state area story uh, more New York, New Jersey than that. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, a story from New York. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's a small house, and if a TV was on, you could hear it at least faintly from the other side of the house. So I would usually assume that was the noise, but then I'd go in to turn the TV off, and it would already be off. Also, as soon as I'd walk into the room, the whisper arguing would stop abruptly as if I'd interrupted them, which I'm mm. like, I'd like a ghost that are like polite enough to be like, we're not going to argue in front of the child. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes one of the cats, we always had several, would be in the corner just kind of staring at the center of the room with those big saucer-like pupils they get when they're scared or excited. This happened to my siblings a lot too, so at least the cats and I weren't alone in being creeped out. <laughs> Then, when my cousin was a toddler and I was in 8th or ninth grade, there was a few months where she used to wake up and cry about the, quote, man and lady who stood in the corner of the room looking at her. Like, she'd be crying and pointing and just yelling, man and lady, man and lady, between sobs. As someone who's had sleep paralysis my whole life, with my earliest memory being of about three or four, which is a story from another time, maybe this email is already very long, I just assumed that she was having sleep paralysis or night terrors or something too. Until a few years later, when my cousin was older and she was looking through a family photo album with my aunt and pointed out the man and lady who happened to be my nan and great grandpa. Oh. I'd like to think that they were just watching over her, and I don't think that they meant to scare her, and I think that's why they eventually stopped showing up. But the cookie jar thing is very much on brand for Nan. From the stories that I've heard about her, she had a bit of a temper. Anyways, Italians. We love to haunt, and sometimes we're a little bit sassy about it. Julia, as, as an Italian-American, how does this check out? Yep, true. All true. Love it. All makes sense. I hope that when I pass away after being a, a an old sassy italian grandma that i too come back to haunt when people talk shit about me i love it that's the dream i love it you don't deserve my cookie jar you don't <laughs> deserve my cookies. <laughs> what cookies were in that jar for your family my grandmother always had oreos yeah my grandma was also a big oreo person she never had a cookie jar but was definitely like a oh well i'm gonna have some oreos does anyone else want some and we're like grandma you're diabetic you can't be doing this to yourself <laughs> My grandma made epic batches of Christmas cookies. So mm. she would do those like the thumbprint cookies with like a little jelly candy in it, like a jelly, you know. Yes. Those yeah. are the best. Some red, some green. She made like hundreds and hundreds of them starting in the summer and froze them. Oh. She must have a second freezer somewhere I didn't know about. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean there, there are always Christmas cookies. It's always Christmas cookie time. No, no, no. They wouldn't come out until December. Ah. But she, she would start baking them freeze them and then we usually went upstate for christmas and so she would bring with her like a hundred cookies in tupperwares but she was starting like six months in advance that's wild well she also gave them out she gave them out to like neighbors right. you know the mail carrier like her hairdresser you know everybody she must have like just had a single seat in her car driving upstate 
that was just cookies. Oh, I, I helped pack that car. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Love it. I actually have just a quick little personal haunting that I wanted to uh, to say, Julie. I didn't want to step on your on your trunk situation. Mm-hmm. This is more like a minor uh, phenomenon. Okay. But my fiance, a different Eric, is a fan of the Boston Celtics, and they were recently in the conference finals in the Eastern Conference of basketball. Woo. It was you know very exciting and nail biting. Went to Game Seven, the longest that it can go because it was very contentious and back and forth, and one team kept really blowing out the other. And then I was like, God damn, who's going to win? And during game six, where the Celtics could have won and were in fact very close to winning the whole conference, but then ended up losing going to a game seven, uh, I wasn't sure what to watch. And I was like, Eric, what should I watch? And he goes, well, Amanda, I think you're going to have to watch The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, no. The remake of the movie helmed by Stephen Moffat as a limited series on HBO Max. Which, come on, it should have been at least FX or Stars or something. This is not an HBO caliber property. <laughs> Which, um, guys, in case you were wondering, is filmed in a mockumentary style. Why? I thought that episodes one and two were pretty bad. Episode three begins with old age makeup. And I was like, mm-mm. But the thing is, guys, that whenever I was watching A Time Traveler's Wife, the Celtics were winning. And whenever I stopped, they lost. Oh, so no. I did watch it through game seven, where they clung on to a very small lead for the entirety of the game and ended up winning by like four points or something. Woo! And I just want to point out that it was uncanny. It was difficult. It required personal sacrifice. But I would like to take partial credit for the Celtics win. I mean, I think it's well-deserved. I mean, if you have to suffer through a subpar HBO Max show, which I think all of us have had to do at one point or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's, it's tough. It's I mean, it's probably as tough as winning the Eastern Conference Finals. (laughs) Physically and emotionally. Yeah, it was uh, it was terrible. I don't recommend it to anybody. And I'm going to have to catch up on like the filmography of Russell T. Davies to uh, to really just like purge that out of my system. He's back. He's back in charge. He's back in charge. Doctor Who, Amanda. Is this is this what we try to watch Doctor Who together again? We have Russell and we have a black doctor. So like, come on. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did restart watching Doctor Who recently. Yeah. At that news. And I was like, okay, well, uh, I haven't watched the last like three or four most recent seasons. Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. I'm back in for Russell. I can do it. I will give it an honest go. But you know what? I've been fooled. Been fooled a couple times now (laughs) with that Doctor Who. You've been hurt before. More like Doctor Fool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's now go into a a non-personal haunting. This comes from Jelly and it's titled Ancestral Ghosts, Trickster Elves from the Philippines and an Old General. I would like to point out that Jelly is the name of my car, so I am going to picture my car writing this email in. Yeah, totally. Your car has a name? Yeah, we named both of our cars. I mean, I've heard of people naming their car. I just didn't realize you had a car with a name. It just never has come up. I have two cars that have a name. My first car is Jelly because my husband bought it without telling me that he was going to buy it. Oh. And the license plate is J-E-L. And I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for this Jelly. And he's like, well, that's the name of the car now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Then our second one is a convertible that I inherited from my grandparents. Oh, a fancy. And it is uh, silver and I love and it's like a boat. And so I named it the dolphin after a boat from a book series that I like. Amazing. It's very good. Yeah. Well, this jelly is a lab tech. She does blood tests in a hospital. She does blood tests, including many, many COVID tests over the last couple of years. So thank you, Jelly. And she writes, usually I do these tests by myself uh, in the hospital late at night. And Hometown Urban Legends is my favorite thing to listen to when I'm there alone. Good or bad idea? You decide. Uh, It depends on you and your tolerance to creepiness, I feel like, you know? I say it's a good idea. I say okay. download all the episodes again, listen to them again, <laughs> do them, them on yep. your friend's phone, yep. all of yep. it. Yeah. 
It's never perfect. a wrong time to listen to our podcast. Subscribe all your coworkers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All your patients. Don't no, don't don't <laughs> take your patient's phone and subscribe <laughs> their phone. That that feels like I I don't think it's a HIPAA violation, but it feels HIPAA adjacent. Yeah, you can have all your coworkers do it. Yeah, I'd say you know download the um the only time you should touch the Apple Podcast app is to download all episodes of Spirits on a person's phone. That way, if they like accidentally click the play button when they have their headphones plugged in but no music playing, it'll just automatically start to play. Whoops, the worst feature of the iPhone. Hands down. It's great. It's great. All right. This is a couple of part email from Jelly. So she begins by saying, I'm not particularly spiritual myself, but out of my immediate family, apparently I've had the most encounters with the otherworldly. I actually have a bunch of personal stories, but I think these are the ones you will enjoy the most. Firstly, an ancestral ghost story. Ooh. One of my earliest childhood memories was playing with my grandfather, Lolo in Tagalog, in my grandmother slash Lola's house. I'm Filipino by birth, but grew up in New Zealand and Australia. I must have been like one or two years old, old enough to toddle, but not old enough to remember much else. My Lola's house wasn't huge, but it was this old Spanish style house in Quezon City, Manila, that I think my Lola's parents built after they got married. The living room used to be this pale green color, just like your living room you just made, Julia. And there was a big portrait of my Lolo on the far wall right above the altar. It was the Philippines and my Lola was very Catholic. She had a little corner in her house with her Bible, rosary, Santo Nino, the whole shebang. And on top of it all was this ginormous hand-painted portrait of my Lola. Lola had this wickerwork furniture set in her house, and Lolo liked to sit on this one armchair with really, really long armrests. It was his chair, capitals, and no one would sit in it but him. I used to play hand games with him while he sat on it, and we'd even play hide-and-seek or chase each other around the coffee table. Eventually, as I got older, Lolo stopped coming around. I don't remember when exactly, but we stopped playing, and I saw him less and less often. I was young, so it wasn't really a big deal to me at the time. Fast forward 12 or 13 years. My family emigrated out of the Philippines when I was five, and a long while later, we were living in Auckland, New Zealand. My mom was up late one night looking through some old photos, and I came out into the living room and found a picture of an old man holding a baby. I'd never seen it before, but I recognized the man. Hey, I said, it's me and Lolo. Mom looked at me funny and frowned. How do you know that? I was like, I mean, me and Lolo used to play games at Lola's house all the time. That's him in his armchair with the big long arms. Oh, no. Mom just sort of stared at me for a minute looking really confused. Are you sure you're not confusing him with your Tito Reggie? She asked. I laughed. Uh, no, I think I would know the difference between my grandfather and my uncle, Mom. Come on. And then mom just sort of went pale and quiet. Oh, no. What's wrong? I asked her. Well, said mom, there's no way you could recognize Lolo from that photo. He died a couple months after you were born. <laughs> ah! Uh-oh. We stared at each other. A few seconds passed before we shut the photo albums and noped right out of there. Fast forward a couple more years and we were in the Philippines for my cousin's wedding. Not yet, guys. There's more. Oh, no. We were visiting Lola's house, which was a lot smaller than I remembered it being, and Lolo's armchair and all the wickerwork furniture was still there. My cousin was playing video games on his computer, which was set up right outside of the master bedroom, which was Lola and Lolo's room when he was still alive. He was playing Defense of the Ancients or World of Warcraft or something, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the point is, halfway through the game, Eric, you had an expression there. Are those very different kinds of games? No, no. It's I. Defense of the Ancients is often referred to as Dota. So hearing it written out all the way is just is just like very funny. It's, it's accurate, but it's very funny. Jelly was explaining it for me because she then writes, Halfway through the game, he stopped what he was doing. And you know what Dota and WoW are like. You can't pause. Got up and closed the bedroom door. When I asked him why, he said, I don't know, I felt like someone was watching me from in there. What do you mean, I said. He looked at Lolo's portrait over the altar and said nothing. The same trip, we met my other cousin's little girl who was three or four at the time and wouldn't go anywhere near Lola and Lolo's room. 
She'd point at Lolo's portrait and hide her face in her mum's shoulder, and we knew she'd seen him around too. The running theory is he appears to the eldest child of each family that was born after he died. I was the last grandkid to meet him, if you can call him holding me when I was a tiny, tiny baby, meaning him. I have an 18-month-old now, and I can't help but wonder if she'll run into him one day too. (gasps) I love that. But my question is, why are all the other cousins like afraid of Lolo? And you're like, yeah, Lolo me. We used to play all the time. It was great. Love that for us. I don't know. Maybe their connection was stronger because they were able to meet before his death. That's true. That might be it. Too busy playing video games. Too busy. I know. Listen, kids, if you're too busy playing the (laughs) Fortnite or the Minecraft, maybe you won't get haunted by your grandpa. Yeah, Lolo's just like kind of judging how your yeah. like your World of Warcraft strategy, you know? He's like, oh, my grandson's a jungler. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I barely do. He's like, mm, shape up your raids. Is that anything? That's No, that's all right. You do have to keep up with your raids. Nice. Well, the second part of this email, Julie, I think you'll really enjoy. It's titled Trickster Elves from the Philippines. This one, Jelly writes, is not so scary. When I was eight and living in New Zealand, I had really bad eczema. We lived across the road from this house with a huge field that us kids like to play in, and my eczema really only started to play up after we started running around in it. Every doctor we went to said it was probably an allergic reaction, but no matter what they did, it didn't go away. It was all over my arms and legs, even my face, and long story short, it was gross and uncomfortable. We were running out of options, so my mom turned to more traditional methods. She gave me a plate of food, told me to leave it in the field across from our house, and apologized to any duende we may have brought to New Zealand with us. In Filipino mythology, duende are like elves, like elves in the shoemaker elves, not Tolkien elves, who live in fields and under anthills. They're usually pretty harmless, but if you trample their homes or disturb their territory, they can be salty about it and curse you until you apologize. I left the plate of food in the field and apologized like I was told. The next day my eczema began to clear. Oh my God. I love this for your mom. I love this for your mom who's like, doctors, creams, not working. All right. Well, it can't hurt. And look, it didn't. Yeah. Bring some stuff out. Apologize. It should work out. It's fine. I also just like, I love this idea of like, your mom told you, hey, we're going to do this folkloric thing. And then like immediately, immediately you get the comeuppance of that. I'm like, yes, thank you. Thank you. It's beautiful. And then Jelly has a final part to her email, but I'm going to save that for this month's Patreon Urban Legends episode. Really plugging the Patreon in this episode. Mm. Y'all are missing out some good stuff if you're not subscribed. Maybe years worth of bonus episodes. Yeah. 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 It's great. Do you have a little tease of maybe what that section is titled? Oh, well, of course, this one, Eric, is titled the old general which sounds like a brand of whiskey so uh with that on mind do you guys want to go get a refill i'd love to absolutely hello hello welcome to the mid-roll julia's internet got eaten by a ghost so here i am but i'm very excited to first and foremost remind you that we are going to be having a live show the spirits team will be reunited julia eric and myself for the very first time since the pandemic live in person or via stream on july 15th if you're in new york city come and see us live at caveat or you can buy a ticket to stream it live or watch it later on video on demand whatever you want go to spiritspodcast.com live to get your tickets now I would also, of course, love to welcome our newest patrons, Heidi and Grace, and thank our supporting producer-level patrons, Alicia, Ann, Daisy, Fruity Chick, Hannah, Jack Marie, Jane, Jessica Stewart, Nieselkins, Lily, Little Vomit Spiders Running Around, Megan Moon, Phil Fresh, Captain Jonathan, Malachi, Cosmos, Sarah, Scott, and Zazie, and, of course... 
Don't twist it. The legend level patrons. Don't get it twisted? I don't know. I guess don't twist it either. Ariana, Audra, Bex, Iron Havoc, Morgan, Mother of Vikings, Sarah, and BM Yep, Scotty. To join, go to patreon.com slash spiritspodcast. We thank every new patron by name. So get your name read. Do it now. This week, I would like to recommend a new podcast that we have been working, working, working on getting out to you. It's named Rainbow Parenting. This is a partner podcast that Multitude is producing with Linz Amer of Queer Kids Stuff, a longtime friend of mine, and now a collaborator. This podcast is all about raising kids in a gender and sexuality affirming way. If you've ever wondered how to talk to kids about gender and sexuality, how to support kids in your life, or how to encourage the adults around you to be more affirming, this is a great show for you. There's a link in the description, or you can look up Rainbow Parenting in your podcast app. And finally, if you are looking for even more podcasts to listen to, you gotta check out Exolore by Dr. Moya McTeer. Dr. McTeer helps us think about what life would be like on different planets and how to create your own fictional worlds. Every week, she explores fictional worlds by building them with a panel of expert guests, interviewing professional world builders, or reviewing the merits of worlds that have already been built. I was on the show a few weeks back talking all about building businesses and doing the world building of culture building at work. And I had a really fun time. Moya asked me questions that I had not really thought about before and hadn't been asked before, which is just totally typical because she's amazing. So search for the word exolore. It's like explore, but with an O instead of a P in your podcast app or go to exolorepod.com. I was visiting Julia out in her home on Long Island the other day, and when I got there, uh, it was late at night, and we were, you know, putting our stuff away and getting ready for bed, and uh, Julia and her husband Jake were like, hey, by the way, in the morning, guess what we have? And I was like, what? Is it wild grain? And it sure was. And in the morning, I woke to the smell of freshly baking sourdough bread. It was totally amazing and delicious and so easy. Wild grain is the first bake from frozen box for artisanal bread. Plus, they have amazing rolls, pastries, and even handmade pastas. It's so cool and makes a sort of pasta dinner during a weeknight feel so special. They use great ingredients. And for every member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. That's over 120,000 meals donated so far. Basically, you sign up, choose what kind of box you want and how often, and then they deliver for free, free delivery, a box of breads, pastas, and pastries with easy-to-follow instructions. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, and you can always reschedule, skip, or cancel if need be. Hungry already? For a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com spirits to start your subscription. You heard me, people. That's right. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash spirits. That's wildgrain.com slash spirits or use promo code spirits at checkout. We are also sponsored this week by DoorDash. And one of the things that they kind of suggest that you think or talk about in this ad is if you have back-to-back meetings or errands or chores to take care of and need some help getting stuff done, whether that's getting groceries delivered or getting dinner or lunch delivered to you. And that literally was me today. I had meetings between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. And, you know, I in the past might have not eaten or if I forgot to pack a lunch or had nothing in the fridge, just wouldn't have brought it. But I was able to get a smoothie bowl from my favorite local juice bar via 
DoorDash and not have to leave my office, which was amazing. And DoorDash has so many options for you. Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. That's drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is super easy and your items will be left safely outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop-off, which I always do because that way the delivery person can just drop it off, get on with their day, and I can come down and grab it when I'm between calls. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. Popeye's is my go-to. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SPIRITS. That's 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SPIRITS. Don't forget, that's code SPIRITS for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can absolutely be overwhelming, and a lot of us feel burned out without even knowing it. That might kind of sneak up on us until we feel like a lack of motivation, some irritability, fatigue, and more. For me, that can mean like not being excited for stuff during my day or just feeling a sense of overwhelming dread, not looking forward to things that should bring me joy. And BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with somebody can really help you figure out what's causing stress in your life and what you can do about it. And I do therapy every week with my therapist, whose name is also Amanda, via BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com spirits. That's betterhelp.com spirits. And now let's get back to the show. Alrighty. So it is summertime, which is, I mean, I would argue one of the prime times for just having a nice cold drink. That is true. Totally. I love your um your pineapple print tank, Eric. You're really rocking the summer look. Pineapple print tank. Living the dream. Living the dream. I'm loving it. It's nice. Can't wait to go outside. Mowed the lawn earlier this morning. Lovely, lovely time. But you know what's going to be an even lovelier time this afternoon when, I mean, I don't want to just do the stereotypical thing. But here it is. Once again, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Oh, here it is. <laughs> We've decreased our alcohol consumption in, in our house. So my suggestions might <laughs> become a bit repetitive. It's usually just whiskey or some very light beverages. But you know what? One of those king of light beverages, White Claws or any hard seltzer. They're lovely. They're nice and refreshing, which you usually don't actually get. Most people be like, a nice refreshing stout. It's like, that's truly <laughs> not actually refreshing. It's just chilled. But a White Claw playing a little beach volleyball, grabbing one of those. I mean, I wouldn't recommend only drinking those while you're playing some beach volleyball. Maybe get some actual water in there. But you know what? Yeah. It's, it's a lovely summertime drink. Cannot recommend it enough going back to it now that we're in that that summer summertime time. You know what? Like for me, summertime tends to be like very like citrusy beers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mostly like light stuff. But I was at my favorite brew pub the other day, which is the Blue Point Brewery Brew Pub. It sure is. Which is very hard to say sometimes. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I have my my lemon love letter, one of my favorite lemon kettle sours. They have a key lime imperial, which is like boozy as hell. But I was like, I want something a little lighter right now, but also something like different taste wise. They have a carrot cake ale that is out of this world. What? What? It's so good. It's nice. It's light and refreshing. And it tastes exactly like carrot cake. It's like having like a light dessert at the end of your meal. It's perfect. Oh, my God. Julia, I'm visiting you this weekend and we're going to have to get some. Oh, yeah, bud. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna expect some of those in July as well. Oh yeah, you got it. We'll make it happen. Love it. And my recommendation this month is not even a local drink, which we normally do, but I have started a collection in my home of tap pulls. Is that what those are called? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is very fun. We got one for a Sam Adams like seasonal pumpkin ale, which I always really enjoy, and like a very worn wooden Coors one, which is again, not like a super favorite beer of mine, but it is like a lovely, very classic, like Irish pub looking sort of thing. And we got it at a flea market with Julia the other weekend. It was so much fun. I love it. And so so if any of you, I don't know, work in bars or places that make them and have extras that, you know, you want to send to your favorite podcasters, well, our address is on our website, spiritspodcast.com. That's true. Amanda bought those two and she's like, I think I have to start another collection. I was like, yeah, you do now. You do, my guy. You can't just buy two. Two is just not enough. You need at least 10. Yeah, exactly. So rock on. Rock on. Now, Eric, you posted something in our mm-hmm. Slack yeah. the other day. We need to talk about it. Yeah. So, so me and Kelsey were uh, out of town visiting her family uh, up in New England for a wedding. And we were at her uncle's house. And he was like, hey, I've got a bunch of antiques from your grandparents. Are you interested in anything? And we did, we did take a hope chest, which is very nice. No, no ghosts in it, as far as we could tell, just a blanket. But what, well, I mean, don't let's not let's not focus on the hope chest because what we uh-huh. need to focus on are the three dolls, <laughs> the horrifying dolls. There are three dolls that we were offered. They are terrifying. We did not accept, understandably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I do want to, I do want to point out that it does seem like it was one boy doll and two girl dolls. Okay. Which I mean, what if, what if we are trapped at these dolls? What if that's us? (laughs) See, you did not float that to us before this moment. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. Mm -mm. Because, I mean, logistically, it doesn't make sense. One, we're alive. Two, it wouldn't make sense that we're in haunted dolls in New England currently. (laughs) Not particularly close to New York. So, I mean, like, the logistics don't really make sense. But I did see it when I shared it. I was like... Hmm, that that does align with the current situation. The boy doll was holding a box of cookies, which I am want to do. Mm-hmm. He also had an expression like, dear God, why is this happening to me? Yeah, which is That's how true. I am pretty much all the time. So, I yeah. mean, very spooky. We'll, 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 we'll share that picture. We'll post that picture and you can tag yourselves. On the Patreon. Mm-hmm. At the extras level. And maybe we'll, we'll put it on Instagram perhaps as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just a little spooky spooky thing there love that we also took a harmonica oh i don't know very large harmonica nothing to really report about the harmonica but not yet at least harmonicas are always bigger than i expect them to be i think maybe because i i sort of equated them with like plastic kazoos that i would mm-hmm. get from you know a bowling alley mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or an, arca- an arcade situation but yeah they're like legit instruments yeah this one seems like even if you're imagining a large harmonica this one seems larger this is like a professional level like Billy Joel piano band level harmonica. I have to wow. say, I imagine okay. this is the size he's he's playing when he's he's up on stage. Like you need a headpiece in order for him to play piano <laughs> exactly. and also play the yeah. harmonica. Yeah. Very cool. Which he does. Speaking of a uh, spooky dolls in a room, mm-hmm. this story that I have from Mel is titled "The Ghost in My Room." Okay. I don't believe it's particularly about any spooky dolls, but we had to segue some way. Fair enough. I'm into it. Those cursed dolls are not in your room, Eric, because you wisely did not bring them home. Exactly. Exactly. Smart move, my guy. So this first story happened to me when I was young. I cannot tell you exactly how old I was when it started, but here it is. I used to live in a new house. We were the first owners, and there was no history of something weird happening on the property where it was built. So I guess you can say for sure it was ghost free. Hmm. 
I am of the mind that you should Google any home that you're planning on buying or building at any point and find out if that's accurate and true. Check your local government. They probably have records that can tell you like, hey, this used to be a cemetery beforehand. Yeah. A home is a big commitment to be team ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily, Mel, Mel was well, Mel's a child. So okay. Mel's parents, next time you buy your home <laughs> or Mel. If you become a homeowner anytime soon. I'll let it slide this time. I'll let it slide. You probably didn't have Google back then. <laughs> the upper floor where my parents and my own room were had a deep blue carpet that felt like walking on a cloud. Mm. My room furniture was inherited from my great great aunt. The bed, the wardrobe and the side tables were in a beautiful carved wood. Every evening I would go to bed before my parents and was used to hearing them go to bed later in the night, trying to tiptoe discreetly to their bedroom. I also had the habit of covering my ears with my blanket, as I was afraid of sleeping with my uncovered ears. Oh? What story were you told about bugs or ghosts? <laughs> yeah, something spooky. One night, I decided it was too old for me to be afraid to sleep like this, so I decided not to cover my ears. I was still afraid of the dark, though, so I always kept the shutter half-closed. Let's fight one fear at a time. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's wise. Yeah. You don't want to like do everything all at once. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, things don't stick that way. After everyone went to bed, the house was super quiet and I started hearing the sound of muffled footsteps. At first, I thought they came from my parents' room. Maybe they were still awake. But the footsteps came closer and closer to my bed. I opened my eyes, expecting to see my mom checking on me, but there was no one. And guess what? I could still hear the footsteps as if someone was walking around my bed. Hell no, thank you. This was too much for me. I immediately hid under my blanket. And after what seemed like an eternity, I finally fell asleep. Mm -mm. I cannot tell you for sure how long this went on, but I could hear someone walking around my bed almost every night for quite some time. And one night I couldn't take it anymore. I uncovered my head, carefully keeping my ears covered, and said as gently as possible, I don't know who you are. I don't mean you any harm, but could you please stop walking around my bed or in the bedroom while I'm here? Very, very balanced. Yeah, That's a good logical. compromise. Yeah. Yeah. While I'm at school, this is your room. No problem. Exactly. I mean, just like, just a polite, a polite request. Mm -hmm. I finished telling them I have school in the morning, and if you like my room, it's okay. <laughs> but please let me sleep. Thank you very much for understanding. How kind, just how kind of a child. This is very kind. This is, your parents raised you, right? So polite. What a sweetie. From that moment on, I never heard the footsteps ever again. Okay. Okay. But wait, the story does not end here. Okay. Years later, we moved to a new house in a new city. Mm -hmm. About six years ago, my younger sister, who was a teenager back then, complained about hearing footsteps sometimes at night coming from the attic. I had already moved out of this new house as I was living my adult life in another part of France. But here is what my parents and sister told me. A friend of my dad came to visit them, and as he was in the house, he offered to take a tour of the house to purify it. Just love a friend coming over and be like, hey, I'm, I'm here. I've got my sage with me and a bunch mm -hmm. of other stuff in this old leather bag. Let me purify your house. Well, <laughs> I just happen to be here. Why not? Sure, why not? This friend is a, oh boy, here we go. It's a French word. All right. And I am bad at other languages. <laughs> we, we can tell you. Passieux de hymns. 
How is it spelled? <laughs> How is it spelled? Oh, it's spelled P A. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna yeah, copy paste it in the Slack. Slack. in the Slack. You have two people here who who read French. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you guys read French. At least a little bit. Enough. Passieux dames. I mean, that was pretty close. That's pretty close to what I said. Passieux dames. Yeah. I just added a little bit of little bit of flair to it. <laughs> I love it. So this friend is a passeur dames, as we say in French, which is probably not how you say it in French, how I just said it, but that's how you say it, <laughs> which means he helps souls slash ghosts. Oh, like a ferryman or something like yeah. that. Gotcha. Okay. Helps them go to the other side. And whether you believe it or not, his visit that day was spine chilling. Mm-hmm. So he starts his tour entering every room, and my parents are just following him in silence. When he gets to the upper floor of the house, he asks, I feel like there is something just on top of us. Do you have an attic with furniture, clothes, etc.? Was it the ant's furniture that they inherited? May, may, maybe, maybe. I'm guessing. It's a shame this story doesn't take place in Long Island, because then, <laughs> then we would have the full, the full chain. We would know. Full circle. And there was a broken surfboard and some skis. <laughs> so my parents take him up to the attic and he instantly says, oh, there's definitely something strong going on here. Uh-oh. He said while crossing the attic directly towards the wardrobe I had in my bedroom back mm-hmm. in our previous house. That was it. I uh-huh. called it. <laughs> Please note that he doesn't know anything about me or my sister hearing footsteps back then. And as he stands back from the wardrobe, he tells my parents that a man around 40 years of age died in the room where this furniture was, that he still is here with it and needs help to go to pass on to the other side. We learn later that this man was my great, great uncle. He did die around 40 in his bedroom. Guys, me and my sister couldn't believe it. Wow. That is the story of the wardrobe. And I still have one more story left to tell you. So let me know and I'll send it in. Of course. Always yes. Yeah. We always want follow-ups. Jelly, too, was like, I have more Philippine folklore. Jelly, yeah. always. Always. If we read your story and you're like, hey, I have more, send that more. Yeah. We love seeing repeats. Send it in. To close us out, guys, I have another handwritten urban legend from Maya. Whoa. I love this. I love that this one looks like it was literally just ripped out of a journal. Yes. It sure fantastic. was. Very cool. And the top says, stay creepy, stay cool, which I love. All right. So Maya writes, dear Eric, Julian, Amanda, I decided it was finally time to write in and tell you about my haunted school slash castle hybrid. Hmm. Oh, I went to school in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and yes, it was a castle originally built by a man named John Hazard at some point way in the past. Shout out to Narragansett, my favorite Rhode Island beer. Yeah, I know how to pronounce it on account of the beer. Shout out to a guy named Hazard who built a castle in Rhode (laughs) Island as well. Dope. He lived there for a long time before he died, and after he did, the school was a nunnery and then a historic site in this little town on Rhode Island's coast. All right. It stayed that way until it became my high school in 2008. I didn't attend for another 10 years. During my junior year, 2019, me and two friends decided to see if the rumor that John Hazard was haunting the school was true with a homemade Ouija board. Hold on. Let's let's talk about the merits of a homemade Ouija board. Yeah. Here's my thought. Viscerally. I go, no, no, no. Mm. However, I love the idea of not giving Hasbro money for making the Ouija boards that they make. Sure, but I just feel like, I don't know, if I'm going to contact spirits, I don't want the DIY do at home is just fine. Yeah, I mean, like, there needs to be some regulations. And like, is Hasbro (laughs) the best at it? Definitely not. Probably not. But like, we've, we've... 
on this very podcast discuss the rules that are listed with a manufactured safe Ouija board. Safe. <laughs> if you're just like going out there and just putting letters on a piece of cardboard and then who knows what you're using for the planchette. I mean, any, a lot of things could go wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, let's see how it turned out, shall we? Yeah. We discovered that John does in fact haunt the school, but is friendly Mostly. We went and told everyone we could find that the school really was haunted. But me, along with two different friends, actually encountered him without even trying that time. Ooh. We were in the dining hall, so my friend could microwave some mac and cheese, when we heard noises from behind the door leading to the kitchen, which was locked. My friend, the one with the mac and cheese, saw a light from outside, which was odd for two reasons. One, it was nighttime, and two, the light was an orb. I saw it too, but only from the corner of my eye. I don't remember if my third friend saw it, but I remember that we ran. Thankfully, John Hazard is not too unfriendly. Anyway, that's my story. Stay creepy. Stay cool. From Maya. So, hmm. I think that it is hard to tell whether or not a haunting is malevolent or not based on like one to two interactions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that it would be just like a malignant, malevolent spirit to use a homemade Ouija board to tell you, nah, man, I'm friendly. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Don't worry about me. The vibes are good here. I love mac and cheese, too. Yeah, I'm just an Neat. orb. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Here's a floating white claw. Take it to the quad. <laughs> These are children. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't trust that, especially with your homemade Ouija board. Wouldn't trust it. And let's not forget, we are in a castle slash high school. So I feel like, you know, you are a whisper away from a haunting at any time when yeah. you're in a castle. And listen, ghosts aren't obligated to tell you the truth on those Ouija boards. He could just be a liar. That's true. The man owned a castle. He's probably a liar. The only way to tell if a ghost is bad or good is once they've done something bad. Every other ghost, it's just a, it's just a waiting game. Yeah. The next time might be the time they go evil. You never know. Exactly. You don't know. You don't know what's happening in the ether. Yeah, totally. Now I'm worried about my uh, my haunted chest. Uh oh. The chest isn't haunted. The the air outside your your house is now haunted. Great. So my my back porch is yeah. haunted. Good to know. Well, whether you are chatting with ghosts at your castle slash high school or revealing ghosts in your unfinished attic, remember, listeners, as always, stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us in your urban legends and your advice from folklore questions at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes goodies. Just a dollar gets you access to audio extras with so much more, like recipe cards, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, for every single episode, director's commentaries, real physical gifts, and more. We are a founding member of Multitude, an independent podcast collective and production studio. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. Above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please text one friend about us. That's the very best way to help keep us growing. Thanks for listening to Spirits. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.